bringing to life the souls of the past that until now have been lost to history. Talking Heart Island is a half-hour weekly podcast that explores the history of Heart Island, America's largest mass graveyard. Heart Island has been used as New York City's potter's field since 1869. It is estimated there are over one million people buried there. Because of recent advances in DNA and fingerprint technology, the identities of some of these previously forgotten and anonymous people have been revealed. The results are truly shocking. Talking Heart Island will interview a special guest each week, selected from an extraordinary assembly of scholars, authors, and scientists in the fields of history, law, medicine, and the arts, as we unravel a secret kept hidden for 150 years. So welcome to Talking Heart Island. And now, here is our host, investigative history writer Michael T. Keene. Thank you very much, Norma Jean. And this is Michael Keene, and we are Talking Heart Island. Today's episode is brought to you by the Oneida County History Center, located in Utica, New York. Their library, exhibits, and bookstore are open year-round, and their programs span the spectrum from book signings to panel discussions and debates. And Simply New York, Marketplace and Gifts, located in the Seabreeze section of Rochester, New York, supporting New York small businesses for over 10 years. Put your money where your house is. Support local. Shop simply. Okay, so now on to our very special guest and program. A few months back, while I was finishing my book about Heart Island, I ran into a remarkable article detailing a new play that was about to open. Incredibly, it was called Heart Island. And with us today are the two individuals behind this amazing production. We have Michelle Elliott, book writer and co-lyricist who graduated from New York University's graduate musical writing program, and Danny Larson, composer and co-lyricist who holds a BA in music and theater from Brigham Young University. And they are with us today. And hello, Michelle and Danny. I'm, I'm so happy that you're here today. <laughs> Hi, thanks. We're glad to be here. Well, great. Um, you know, the first question that comes to mind, and, and we talked briefly a few weeks back, that you two have been collaborating for many, many years. And I'm curious how somebody from New York University and Brigham Young University only separated by about 2,000 miles, <laughs> it came came together and, right. and began to, uh, you know, collaborate. Right. Well, actually, um, Danny and I both went to New York University's graduate musical theater writing program. We started in 2003, mm -hmm. and he was from Utah, and I came from, I'm originally from Wisconsin, but at the time, I was living in Minneapolis. 
And I had um, started with a friend, a theater company there called Frontier Theater, and we were um, writing and producing our own original musicals. And I was really interested in trying to figure out how to do that on a more professional um, level and, and uh, you know, acquiring some skills because I was just doing it for fun. And so I started at um, NYU that that uh, fall, 2003. And Danny um, was coming from Utah and he had the same sort of desire to make musical theater writing his professional career. And what was really interesting, (laughs) sort of very fortuitous, is that even though our campus was down in the East Village of New York City, we both had completely, unbeknownst to each other, rented apartments way up in Inwood, which is at the very tip of the northern tip of Manhattan. So every day we had this long um, subway commute to get down to school and then after school, a long subway commute back. And so we ended up taking the train together many, many, many times and got to know each other. And through being in class together, we got to know each other's musical styles and influences and that sort of thing. And what was really interesting is that even we couldn't be more different in terms of our artistic influences and the kinds of things that we like to create or, or the styles that we have. Danny writes beautiful, lush, epic music. That's very, sounds almost like a very cinematic. Um, And my work is very sparse and raw and jagged. And um, we started writing lyrics together uh, just because, you know, we were, in this hanging out, doing homework together. And so you start bouncing lyric ideas off of one another. And, uh, we started realizing that we had some sort of synchronicity, even, even though we had a lot of differences in our own styles. And then in, that was during the first year of our program. And then in the second year, uh, at NYU, what happens is they team up two artists So there'll be a words person, which was me, and then a music person, which was Danny. And we decided that we wanted to write together. So we embarked on uh, working on our thesis project together. And it was a lot of fun and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of learning. And uh, it was just a great experience. And we have been collaborating ever since. So we're coming up on, I think, 16, almost over 15 years of writing together, which has been... um, Really great, really, really rewarding. And now we've written Heart Island, which is our most um, sophisticated, uh, complex show to date. The obvious question I have is why Heart Island? How did you come to do that particular play? Uh, Well, I'll chime in here. Um, So Michelle... Uh, One day I was at work um, and I got an email from Michelle with a link to a Huffington Post article that was actually about Heart Island. This was uh, probably around seven years ago. Um, And Heart Island was still sort of an obscure kind of concept in the minds of people. It's sort of becoming more known uh, today. But I read this article that was very brief, but it just sort of went through and explained what Heart Island is. And, uh, I was completely fascinated and, um, just had a lot of different emotional reactions. So I immediately wrote Michelle back and we, she's, she had said, we should 
turn this into a musical somehow find a story that would fit this. And I was like, yeah, I think that sounds like a great idea. Um, so really it just started with this little article and then we began to do more research as we always do with when we're writing things together. Um, and we started watching some documentaries. There's a documentary on Hart Island. We started researching, uh, what the island is, the history of the island, who's buried on this island, who does the burials, who performs these burials, um, all of those sorts of things and, uh, sort of developed characters out of our research and based off of things that we were learning. Um, we knew that we wanted it to be a very small show, a kind of a chamber musical, if you will. And, uh, so we kind of started there. Great. Um, well, I understand that you brought some audio clips with you from the play. And, um, I wonder if you could set up this first clip that we're going to listen to. Sure. Um, so just to piggyback on what Danny was saying, um, for our story, we knew that we wanted to make the show about the people whose lives are impacted by Heart Island. Obviously, there are over a million people buried there, and you could write many, many stories about their lives and how they ended up on the island. But for us, um, we both have a theater background. We're both highly theatrical people. When we approach a story, we want to kind of like really imagine what it looks like on stage and how to bring it to life. And then also how to get the audience involved, um, to lean in and feel, have, have a, an experience. And so we decided instead of writing about people who were buried on the island, we were going to write about people who, whose lives intersect on the island. So we have um, one of our characters is a young Dominican immigrant woman whose child is, whose stillborn infant is buried on the island. As you know, there are a lot of babies buried on the island. Um, right. And then we also wanted to write about one of the men who's on the burial crew. Um, and like Danny said, there are these great documentaries where the guys who are on the crew talk about what it meant to them or means to them to be part of this work and, um, how, how it gives them a sense of purpose and meaning. And they frequently on these documentaries are telling their stories. They get quite emotional about it. And so we thought it would be really interesting to see the journey of a man who gets um, assigned to Hard Island burial crew duty and then goes, you know, is a bit jaded at the beginning and ha has to kind of undergo the process of how the island helps transforming him so that by the end he feels connected to it and the importance of the work has had an impact on who he is and that sort of thing. So our uh, main character of our musical is called Charles. And this first song is him um, while he's at Rikers um, and he's, you know, he's this incarcerated man. And so one of the things that we just, the, the Hard Island, the musical, it kind of um, goes between these very um, difficult real life moments, such as being incarcerated or in Maria Elena's case, you know, she's a, uh, a very recent immigrant who's lost her child and she's struggling to figure out where it's buried um, and dealing with the bureaucracy, fighting through bureaucracy with a language barrier and all of that. But both of them have these moments where they're imagining 
the people that they love, that they no longer have, you know, access to her family's back in the DR, his family's at home. And uh, so in this scene, Charles is remembering what it's like to make breakfast for his kids, something very, very simple, but it's uh, something that really is just pulling his heart and mind forward as he is going through his day at Rikers. So that's what this song is. Um, sorry, it was someone. So it's called and Good Dad. Good Dad. Okay. Yep. Let's listen to Good Dad. Uh, you want an apple kimani? Let me get my pair and knife. I know you hate the feel. What else you gonna have for the day's most important meal? I'll cook and you start talking. We've got lots of fat to chew. I'll listen to your hopes and dreams. Cause that's what good dads do. The uh, scenario of a Hispanic woman having given... Uh, uh, stillborn birth to a baby and then having a Rikers Island inmate be a part of the burial squad. That That's not a far-fetched scenario. That that happens today. Yeah, Absolutely. It's been going on really for 150 years. Yeah. Um, well, and the, it's not only believe, Hispanic women. There are, you know, mm-hmm. there are women across the city who have um, sadly lost. We were really inspired and when I say inspired, I mean our work was inspired um, by stories of un- women who sadly lost their their babies um, either before birth or or, um, or or very soon after birth, and who who were then buried on the island, and who for many 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 years might never have been able to learn that their child was buried on Hart Island. And there are many families like that. I'm sure that you've talked about that in other episodes, just about how hard it was for people to learn where their, their loved ones were buried and the, and the fact that they could never go and visit, obviously that's changed a bit nowadays. Um, And also, you know, because we have access to the internet, we can find out information about Hart Island in a way that, people didn't used to be able to do, but that that's why we set our show in 1985 because mm-hmm. back then there were just these tremendous barriers to understanding what happened when you signed away someone to a free city burial. Um, yeah. Well, so we, yeah, we actually and, have a, a Yep. Go ahead. And, and yeah, so the, you're right. There are, there are women still today, families still today who, who make that choice, not really fully understanding it. We we have a uh, a woman who will be uh, one of our guests in a couple of weeks who actually uh, gave birth a stillborn birth uh, twenty four years ago, oh, and wow. she has come forward and has agreed to speak uh, on our program. We're, of course, we're very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe when you started Hard uh, Island, the play, you started it at a town, so to speak. Uh, can you tell us about that so far, you know, how things are going so far? Yeah. Um, so we just finished a third draft of our, of the musical 
Um, and we've been working with this theater called the Village Theater out in Issaquah, Washington, which is very near Seattle. Um, and they have mm-hmm. a pretty vibrant theater community out there. Uh, and they have a wonderful new works program that supports new musical theater where they bring writers out and uh, who have written new musicals to workshop and showcase these musicals and have a, a, it's a chance for the writers to come out, see their work up in front of them and do rewrites and continue the development process of the complicated, well, the complicated process of writing a musical. Um, so we did, uh, uh, we we did two drafts and then this last time we were out there which was just we literally got back about two or three weeks ago um we did a workshop production which means that it ha- it was very minimalistic in terms of the production values but there was a set and costumes and lights and the actors were up on stage and singing and and performing the roles um and so it taught us a lot about the structure of the show the storytelling and what was working and what wasn't working. So we now have uh, this draft that we feel like is in pretty good shape, and we have a few ideas for rewrites that we want to continue working on, um, and then hopefully we will find another opportunity for the show to be showcased somewhere else. Another great right. thing about right. um, the chance to see the show in Issaquah was that we had audiences at every performance, so we were getting the we were able to gauge what the audience was feeling and what they were responding to. And that's sort of like the element that you can't um, necessarily imagine accurately until you really see it. And, and it's such a, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of grief in the show because it's about loss and how we mourn and the, the um, traditions of mourning uh, and what happens to a person when they're interrupted and their grief isn't fully able to be um, demonstrated in the way that we normally do by going to a gravesite and, you know, having these these special rituals that we do to help us heal. Um, and so there, the, the show asks a lot of the audience in terms of its emotional um, investment. And it was really fantastic to feel the audience and hear the audience be so um, drawn into the story. Um, and the, and then it just, uh, the feedback that we got too really made me excited because I know that one of the things we want to accomplish with the show is learning how to process grief. Like I think theater can help us learn some of those things, learn how to grieve and to let go and to um, still find meaning and light in our lives when we've, when we've had those really difficult experiences. So um, we're, we're really excited about what, what might become of the show in this next incarnation. Well, that's, that's uh, great. And of course, then there's the music, you know, I, I had the opportunity of going online and listening to the soundtrack and I just love the music. And uh, since we're talking about music, why don't you set up uh, the uh, audio clip number two that we're about to listen to? Sure. So this song is called This Table. Um, and again, this revolves around the, the protagonist of the show, Charles. Uh, and um, as we set up earlier with the earlier song, um, Charles is, a, is an inmate at Rikers Island and is on the burial crew. And 
he has been very closed off due to his own grief um, and difficulties throughout his own life. And he, throughout the course of the show, he's been impacted by both Heart Island and then this woman, Maria Elena, who has sort of uh, helped him to begin to open himself up to the process of grieving and the process of seeing beauty in the world and hope and redemption. And he um, is has been going on this upward climb and gets to a point, he has also sort of ostracized himself from his family and his wife who are back home um, and hasn't spoken to them or hasn't written to them in over six and a half months because um, he's ashamed and he's grieving and he he feels like they're better off without him. So uh, they've kind of given up on him, but he gets to a certain point in the show where he decides to reach out to his wife again, and he calls her and invites her to come and see him in the hopes that she will take him back. She does come and visit him, um, and this song it represents her response to his wish for her to take him back and to forgive him. And, and what is the title of this song? The song is called This Table. The only thing between us is this table You probably think that I ought to just Forgive you and be able to be fine Say yeah, okay But that's your story, not mine No, not today Cause this table is an ocean that cannot be crossed. It's too wide with memories, good and bad, and all that we've lost. I'm on this side, you're on that side. So far apart, we'll never collide. This table, this table, this table. The one thing that uh, occurred to me uh, is how do our listeners follow you uh, to keep in touch in terms of, you know, how you're doing with the play and, and where else it might be uh, played? Sure. Um, well, we're on Facebook at Elliot Larson Musicals, and we also have a website called ElliotLarsonMusicals.com. Um, Elliot is with two L's and two T's and Larson is with an E and we are happy to, um, engage on either, either method. And, um, we, yeah, we'd love for people to, to learn more about it and hopefully there'll be more opportunities to see the show sometime soon. Um, yeah, Danny had mentioned Mari Elena in that last, uh, explanation of, of the song and how Charles was really is being changed by Maria Elena. But I realized I didn't explain that Maria Elena is the woman who has a child buried on the Island. And the story of our musical is that she is so desperate to understand where her baby is that she starts to write letters to the burial crew at Rikers and she's connected with Charles and they develop a, um, a letter exchange and he starts to help her understand 
what Heart Island looks like and where her baby is buried and that sort of thing. And so that's that's really the crux of the musical, the very simple story that we mm-hmm. um, decided to tell after learning what the island was. So that there's sort of like three main characters in the show. One is Maria Elena, and then one is Charles, and then the third one is really the island itself. And right. um, and part of the show is seeing the men on the crew perform, you know, the burials and do their rituals to honor all of those who are who are buried on the island. Very good. You know, uh, we're now we're in for a real treat, uh, although the first two clips were treats. But um, <laughs> uh, we're going to conclude with what I would call the grand finale. Um, audio clip three. Could you uh, set that up for us? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Michelle. Um, well, as I was saying, it's the, the men on the burial crew have been performing the the burials and the rituals, and Charles has been watching um, and starting to join in. But he, he's about the song um, is called "It Ain't Lost on Me," and he, and Charles really starts to feel the power of the island and let himself be um, changed. And so that's really the gist of the song. And, and you'll hear the, the burial crew in the background um, doing their hymn for the dead. And, and he's just really allowing himself, you know, we talk about in modern society, like, oh, be in the moment, right? And I think Charles has had a really hard time being in the moment and like letting himself just sit there and see what the world is about at that particular moment. So he's on Heart Island. He's really seeing it and feeling it. And suddenly he has an epiphany. And so um, that's the song. Well, Michelle and Danny, I I can't tell you how happy I am to have you both on uh, and explaining uh, and talking about your play. And so we're going to end our segment by listening to the grand finale. And again, thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for bringing so much attention to Heart Island. It's a very special place. And I think the more people that learn about it, the better we'll all be. Well, as I said to you once before, great minds think alike. (laughs) (laughs) Bye now. Bye-bye. It ain't lost on me that the rich man gets to lie in a fancy mausoleum But the poor man, he gets buried Where nobody can see him Like he's never lost or loved Never danced or drew a breath He was invisible in life And he's invisible in death It ain't lost on me It ain't lost on me That some folks wind up out here Cause no one wants to claim them (laughs) Bet my kids won't take my body I guess that I can't blame them Of the men who no one wants Get a simple box of pine Oh, I wonder if there'll come a day Oh, the box of pine is mine It ain't lost on me It ain't lost on me That this island ain't a beauty Mostly weeds and scrubby brush If rich men were buried here 
it be manicured at large But still, there's something about the place It's calm and it's serene And it's nice to look up and see Not prison gray, but green And God, look at that enormous tree Climbed a tree like that when I was a kid. Probably the happiest thing I ever did. I remember being young and having hope before prison cells and the end of my rope. I remember. swaying and the geese are flying over and these old boys are praying and I'm feeling something too like a spirit in my chest maybe I can find some peace This is Norma Jean. I wanted to take a moment to remind you, in order to receive updates or news about upcoming episodes of Talking Heart Island, simply go to the subscribe page on our website, located at www.michaeltkeen.com, and enter your email address. If you have any questions about the podcast itself, or simply wish to contact any team members for book inquiries, voiceovers, website or graphics design, use our contact page, also found at www.michaeltkeen.com. And if you're enjoying the show and would like to give us a review, please do so at iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. So until next week, this is Norma Jean. 
and we're Talking Heart Island. 